0: Da da da, da 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 You sound insane.
1: you realize that? Oh, yeah! yeah. The whole world's gone crazy! Seriously? It's showtime. Yes. That's fun. Hello
0: and good evening to the Man Fam, the Mad About Movies family out there. Good tidings to you wherever you are tonight as we join you and each other once again to discuss the quote-unquote franchise that is Transformers.
1: Our favorite and franchise, right?
0: I'll just say the Age of Extinction episode is my favorite episode we've ever done. <laughs> it's it's a very memorable experience of, of doing that episode and then me editing it and just thinking, like, why did we even do this? You know, I'm, I'm spending four hours editing this thing. Like, why did we even see the movie? Um." But, but at do, least we you know,
1: at least we learned our lesson, right? We. Do. <laughs> we I more. mean, this
0: just goes to show you guys out there, we'll do anything for the listener. We yeah. will literally do anything for the listener, and that includes waking up early on a weekend and going to a 9 a.m. showing of <laughs> of this movie.
1: But hey, um, you got out just in time for dinner, so it's good.
0: <laughs> right? No, I went. I went uh, 9 a.m. I'm not kidding you guys. Didn't, didn't walk out of the theater until one thirty p.m <laughs> like what just happened well part no. of it
1: is you passed out from the rage stroke i
2: assume <laughs> so
1: the the, the point, i did anyway the, i don't know the, about the point you guys,
0: of me going at 9 a.m was like i'm not letting this ruin my day like it's not going to take up an entire <laughs> saturday you know or whatever i'm gonna get this over with get it done out of the way like normally i wake up at you know ten eleven on a weekend like drink my coffee, you know, catch up on email or TV or something like that. I don't even get started with my day until 1 PM. So, um, (laughs) I, I sacrificed sleep for this movie and sacrificed a lot. Pride. I took this one in the movie draft and, uh, I just want the man fam to thank me because, um, I've jinxed every movie that I picked. You're welcome. So that means no more despicable me, no more transformers, no more rap biopics. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and probably no more alien movies as well. So I don't so, know if that's a good thing. Should but...
2: we do an update on points because we each have one left, right?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm 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 the loser.
2: It's it's a hundred percent.
0: But I'm very excited about the, the prospect of a solo episode because oh, yeah. I just get my true thoughts out about pretty much everything without y'all hindering my emotion <laughs> like you do weekly. Um, yeah. What we do
1: all you really need to know about Kent's score is that I've had to create fake money for all eyes on me in order to get a number that worked in my formula no it, so, it didn't even register no yeah
0: it's, it's not even registering
1: yeah
0: uh, uh transformers is not going to um make the impact that we thought it did I think it did well in China and Korea I think of
1: course of course yeah.
0: but it's still through The entire weekend with US included, I think it's only at about 200 or 250 million dollars. And usually in the past ones, even with Age of Extinction, despite the fact that it made a you know, that it wasn't well received critically or you know, commercially, it made over 100 million dollars opening weekend, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. So, um, it seems like people aren't being swindled this time. I think the Wahlberg factor with Age of Extinction with the last one, with Um, Was Hey Wahlberg's in it It's gotta be good Right You know Wahlberg wouldn't do it If You know Bay's turned the corner You know And uh, People saw Age of Extinction They're like Nope Nope And when this one This one didn't fool anybody You know I I think Even Most parents You know Wouldn't even take their kids to this Mm -hmm. This is usually Mm -hmm. a kid Kind of a You know Waste three hours uh, Entertain your kid Kind of a movie Or franchise And this wasn't even that This weekend Um, but you know, there's always hope that Michael Bay can return and try it again. Give her the old college try.
1: Anyway, wait, can't wait for him to come back out of Transformers retirement for the fifteenth time.
0: So we have we have a lot to talk about with the what's the movie even called (laughs) Transformers? The
2: last night. Night. There you go. Because
1: when I think of the Transformers, the first thing I think of is King Arthur. So.
2: Yeah, well, there's if there's one thing that works cinematically, it's King Arthur, <laughs> as been proven time and time and time again.
1: Just a just a just a proven moneymaker. Just uh...
0: second best King Arthur movie this year, though. <laughs>
1: it's got that going for it. So far, so far, <laughs> so far. There's still a time. Couple... Still time. There's, yeah, the, still time for know. Kellen Lutz to do a movie sometime this year. So.
0: <laughs> exactly. King Arthur Origins is probably. <laughs> It's dropping in the middle of October and because Ox- you got to save it for oh, yeah. award season for that one. Um Okay, well we we have a lot to talk about again with Transformers, but we have a lot of movie news to talk about, some important movie news to discuss, and we're going to start off with. Um, it's actually in our contract since we are <laughs> the official podcast of Star Wars. We uh, have to d- to discuss Star Wars, and uh, this has been a big week this past week in Star Wars. Movie news, rumors, rumblings, land. And uh, there's some news, and uh, there's some rumors and rumblings.
1: Mm.
0: All three with this next story. So we were all really excited at the prospect of Lord and Miller joining the Star Wars universe, right? We were all all on board with most of their projects in the past. And we think Phil Lord and Chris Miller are talented guys, and they can bring a little bit of freshness to... Uh, these standalone Star Wars movies—they can spice it up a little bit, you know. And uh, at the time, I think we kind of express at the time of their hiring, I think we kind of expressed our hesitance on just like, wow, it's surprising that Lucasfilm is going this this route because they're such eccentric comedic filmmakers that it seemed like they were just giving the reins to them and they can make their movie. You know, they—they they trust the process. They trust the, you know, we we think Lucasfilm hires directors that uh that they like and they they just like a jj abrams work so jj abrams go make a jj abrams movie right you know ryan johnson we love what you do go make a ryan johnson star wars movie right um but apparently that's not the case so lord and miller uh are gone they're they're either fired or they've been executed actually um not let back in the building (laughs) one of the two i don't know if they were technically fired or told you're fired or or what, but uh, they're not not returning.
2: They brought Um, Trump in to do it. Disney money, man.
0: (laughs) They did. It's kind of confusing, but uh, apparently this was going bad from the beginning. Uh, IndieWire has a really good article up right now about everything you need to know about the exit of these two guys, and they kind of break it down timeline-wise. And it says in here, that ever since February, they could sense that they weren't on the same page. So, Lawrence Kasdan and his son actually wrote the Han Solo movie. I actually thought, for the longest time, that Lord and Miller wrote the movie, too. You know, that they, they brought their creative vision, the Lucasfilm, or whatever, and that was what was going to happen, but apparently not. And apparently, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and Lawrence Kasdan are on one side of the coin, and Lord and Miller on the other side of the coin, as far as how they make movies, what they want out of a movie or their directorial process or their process in making a movie. And when things clash like that, you know, the the president of the company is usually the person that's going to get their way. So Kathleen Kennedy um, has had enough, I guess. Lawrence Kasdan didn't like the improvisation that they like to do on set. You know, that's kind of apparent in something like 21 jump street, you know, they probably did improv a lot and got the best funniest takes and, assemble that and that's the movie you know and they kind of capitalize on the natural chemistry of the actors and that's not the way that this project was supposed to go they're out they're bringing in somebody who can stick to the page um in american treasure ron howard Mm. yeah why did they just bring george lucas guys because he probably read the script and he's like, that's, that's not how it happened. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Han's hair was not, parted on the right. That's not ha- but that's not how it happened. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> as if it's all, I love that. As if it's all true. But that, that's not what happened though. Yeah. Han didn't work. George, this. this is fiction. This is this is, this is all fiction. I just need to get that through. It's not what Maybe
1: to you. But Anakin
0: know. didn't, Anakin didn't do that. <laughs> um, okay. So that's the news. Lord Miller out. Ron Howard in. Brian. Hot sports opinion. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> it's not great. I love Ron Howard. And I think if anybody can salvage this, I think he's the type of guy that can do it. And so I'm excited about that. Um, it's not, I don't really get super concerned about a director dropping out or being fired uh, pre production or early in the process or anything like that. Unless it's like The Flash where they've gone through eight directors at this point. They just can't get anybody to stay there. That oh, oh, kind of tells you something by the way, about the property
2: announcement um i'm actually uh directing a new flash film
1: oh cool well, i'm sure you'll drop yeah. out next week though, you,
2: so you say that that's... in jest but <laughs> but lord I mean, and miller
0: are actually going to do it like that's the rumor that they're dropping yeah. this to go to dc and they, do the
1: flash they originally dropped out of that to do han solo so i uh-huh. guess they could go right back to it i don't do it guys stay out <laughs> but, um no look it's it's really it, in that situation it's like whatever this stuff kind of happens and it is what it is it's the, the concerning thing is that they only had like three or four weeks left of shooting left on this movie and they got fired at that point. And so that tells you it's, a few it's so things weird. you can kind of read into it however you want to. I tend to take the side of uh, Kathleen Kennedy as I have with with Kevin Feige in the past of like, look, Yes, I totally get that you want to bring your creative vision to the movies. And there is definitely a case to be made, especially if if this one doesn't turn out particularly well, then it definitely should open up the doors of you've got to loosen up a little bit and let, uh, let these guys, whoever you bring in as the director to have, you know, kind of put their stamp on the movie. But at the same time, filmmakers have got to understand that when they come into this situation, part of the deal is your movie has to match with whatever... Whatever the canon is, whatever the the grand plan is for the entire universe, all that sort of stuff. And so, if you're making a Star Wars movie, the you know Kathleen Kennedy is the is the final. That's where you go. Like she, what she says goes. Final. And same for Marvel with Kevin Feige. If you're going to make one of these movies, you have to be able to work in that environment. And so, it sounded like from everything that I've read, and it, all of it is. You know, from unnamed sources and conjecture and stuff like that, so someday we'll find out maybe more of the actual truth of what's happening. But from what I read, it was a troubled there was tension from the get go that their style Lord Miller's style of filmmaking didn't jive at all with what uh what Kathleen Kennedy wanted and that the movie was suffering because of that and so Um, I'm bummed because I really wanted to see Lord and Miller's take on this character and this universe and how that fits in and everything. And I do think that uh, Disney slash Lucasfilm need to, with these standalone movies, they they're going to need to figure out how to loosen up a little bit and let some of that happen. But also this is only the second movie from that source. You know what I mean? So it's like, I guess I would say that maybe three or four movies down the line, I think you may see that a little bit more. But at this point, they're not going to take... I think they're just at a place where they're not going to let somebody do something that they don't feel like fits into the grand plan. And so I'm bummed that it's not happening. I'm hopeful, though, that Ron Howard can salvage it um, and put something... Cause I'm, you know we got a lot of feedback on twitter from people who who just said i don't care about this movie at all to begin with and so maybe that's part of the problem but i, I love this cast and i i'm ex- i'm personally in for the concept i don't have a problem with the the concept in general and so i i would really like i you know and i have a lot of faith in ron howard so hopefully he can he can turn around and get something uh to work from this
2: yeah i think yeah. Go ahead. I think uh, I'm not in on the concept, really. I've never really understood why we're making a Han Solo movie. Uh, young, I mean, I'd be fine with, like, you know, if, spoiler alert, if he hadn't uh, been impaled by his son in episode seven. Uh, I would be in, in line for, like, a solo Han Solo movie now. But, like, young Han Solo just seems so weird to me because it's such an iconic um, just the fact that it's not going to look like Harrison Ford, it's just going to annoy me. But I do love the cast. And I was in on the creative vision from, you know, the, the kind of creative cast, the uh, creative choice and directors and stuff. So I'm a little bit bummed, but um, this doesn't change me too much. I think they'll still have, there's so little left to do, right? It's just like two weeks and then the reshoots is what you said, Brian. Yeah. Um, which like that's will that's be extensive. At, yeah. Yeah. Which will be pretty extensive, but they'll still be, I think the feel that Ward Miller probably after to an extent. And, Ron Howard makes me feel zero way because he has directed some of my favorite movies and some really bad movies too. So you just don't know with him, but I think he'll be, I mean, he's, he, my point is though, he is super competent and a great guy. And so I'm happy that he's, he probably made a a cool 10 mil out of this. So that's good. Keep getting that them checks, Ronnie. Yeah. It's crazy. If you, if you are that far into the process,
0: what's it going to say? when credits roll, directed by Ron Howard, because he didn't direct like 90% of
1: this. It's already changed on IMDb. He's listed as the director. so I, I guess so when it comes says. to
0: the edit room, it's going to be him making the decision. So yeah. he'll have directed it in that way, and then maybe they'll credit Lord Miller in some, maybe not at all. Maybe this is like you lose your entire right to it. Probably. Um, My question is, I mean, I know Lord and Miller are, successful guys they're young successful hollywood guys that have a lot of future ahead of them but if this was me and i had made 21 jump street and lego movie and cloudy with a chance of meatballs and last man on earth and so many more popular things uh, i would sacrifice one movie my creative vision or whatever mm. just to say i made a star wars movie you know wouldn't if they're like okay well you're not going to be making a lot of the decisions, but we're going to put your name on it. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't you, wouldn't you willing, be willing to sacrifice a lot of that? Just like every director that they brought in, that's not George Lucas has done, you know, and will do from now on. I'm sure Ryan Johnson didn't get his way every single time. I'm sure JJ Abrams would have had a lot to say if he, if he could have made just, if he wasn't working with Kathleen Kennedy, you know, and Lawrence Kasdan wasn't by his side at all times on set, you know, um, I, I, it's disappointing that they they sacrificed a Star Wars movie. They'll never be back. They'll never make another Star Wars movie. And that's that's the big dog. That is yeah. the franchise, and it will be for the rest of our lives. And, um, man, they, they well, really...
2: They um, were, dude, there's only <laughs> two Now You See Me films, bro. That is true. <laughs> rest of Our Lives is a long
0: well, time. If they come back and then Now You Three Me, directed by Lord and Miller, it's gonna be awesome. And now I'm in, yeah. <laughs> there is i you know what I'm saying though? There there's there's a bit of um cockiness to them just to say, you know what? I'm not sacrificing yeah, my creative yeah. vision for, for Star Wars. Like of course I'm sacrificing my creative vision for Star Wars. <laughs> Gosh. They must not have been fans, honestly. You know, they must have just gotten the opportunity and said, Yeah, we'll we'll do it. Whatever, you know? And I think I mean I they,
1: they came out as big fans. I just think I think you get into this game, and at some point you feel like because even like Whedon felt this way with Marvel with the last Avengers movie of like that his vision was being sacrificed for the overall and and I I get it I totally understand that feeling of like I feel like I maybe you feel like you're selling out or that you're cheating yourself or something like that but I mean I, I'm kind of with you like you can't it's not like you're going to be able to go make a Star Wars movie for another. Another company or another studio, you know, you can't just roll over to Warner Brothers mm-hmm. and be like, hey, I want to make a Star Wars movie or something. So it's hard not to, to do it. Yeah. So like
0: like all of Hollywood's going to look at them now as the guys that got fired from Star Wars. Like, that's yeah, not a good that's not a good look. I don't care. It won't, it, it how won't talented look good, but
1: it, it won't keep them from making their next movie. I don't think it, no. it may keep them from making the next it may keep them off the list at at disney but mm-hmm. i don't you know i don't know that that's going to it's that's not going to really- stop it's not going to stop sony from giving them 8 lego movies or warner brothers yeah. from giving them 12 21 jump streets or whatever so or if if they want if they decide they want to go back to the flash i would suspect that the wb would take that in a heartbeat so i mean it it'll pass it's not the end of the world for them but it does it does feel a little odd that apparently this was bad from the get-go and both sides it doesn't look good for either side i don't think and both sides let it fester to this point to where you get this far into the process before you finally pull the cord you know
0: that's definitely a bridge you want to burn though disney right (laughs) yeah exactly
1: yeah (laughs) gosh you're never going to do a pirates of the caribbean movie now guys you 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 blew it (laughs) (laughs) you know what if they want to do
0: their own thing you know fine if they want to go make their own movies they want to go make Edgar Wright movies all day that's fine Mm -hmm, go do mm -hmm. that but I mean it's freaking Star Wars man you know that's just that's just disappointing I I would love to see their what their vision would would be that begs the question why go out and hire a Gareth Edwards or a Ryan Johnson Mm or a Colin Trevorrow if they're just a talking head basically you know yeah
1: that's the more concerning thing than anything else and it's fine to me with uh with the trilogy ones because those are kind of sacred you know you gotta you gotta make sure you get those right but with these standalones, that does seem like the opportunity to take some chances and just and see what happens like i said i think maybe if if the han solo movie was the fourth movie out of this set and if they hadn't had issues with gareth edwards and rogue one and I still don't know who is right or wrong on that, you know. Uh, and we probably never will know because we'll never get to see his cut of the movie. But um, I think if it was further down the line, you might have a little more a little more tendency to just let it happen and see what you know, see how it plays out. But at this point, they yeah, it's it doesn't. Uh, I don't know what the point of of giving them of giving these like well known, uh, very talented directors the opportunity to come in if you're not going to take what they want to do into consideration and
2: if if it yeah and if it's because of like too much humor or kind of silliness in it to me that's like hiring tarantino and getting mad when it's bloody sure like that's why you i would assume why you got them so it had to be i would hope it's more yeah yeah, it's like, like, like this
0: isn't a comedy guys like, yeah, kind like, of was kind of, kind yeah. a sci-fi comedy. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I, it's, I had it's read,
2: Han Solo and we're Lord and Miller. Our right. last movie was... You hired
0: movie. Alden Aaron Rick Woody Harrelson, and Donald Glover to be in the movie. Yeah. And you're like, guys, yeah. what, what? You know? Yeah, we're right. making Schindler's List, too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, I read a big part of it was how how slowly they, uh, they did things on set. That they would go full days where they had three or four setups total instead of typically you might get 12 or 15 in a And
2: day. that's probably more uh, indicative of their animation background and their comedy background, I would think.
1: Sure. Yeah, you,
0: can, you animation is quite a slow process. Tedious. Yeah. Quite a tedious process. Um, apparently, them and Kathleen Kennedy just hate each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's a quote out there from a source that says, quote, she didn't even like the way they folded their socks, and that's no exaggeration. <laughs> So I can't wait for some juicy yeah. uh, s- stories to come out about what happened on set with this thing. I'm sure some stuff will leak from some grip or something, you know, that was there on a, <laughs> when they were blowing up at each other. But, uh, man, crazy times in Star Warsville. Mm. But, of course, everything that always happens, we will be there to cover it. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that Ron Howard isn't the one directing – episode nine and Colin trevorrow is stepping in to do this i I want ron i want ron howard to get a full chance to make a star wars movie and not like pick up the pieces on another one you know
1: don't consider it completely out of the realm of possibilities i've i'd seen some suggestion that this could be like a trial run because they're not super sure of trevorrow at this point because of Oh, book of awesome. book of henry and such that's like what you know we t- we talked about trevorrow in the past that's one of the reasons why i've never been concerned about him because a i think he can be a talented filmmaker but b well, this group has never you know kennedy and, and luke's film has never shown um has has more than once now shown a willingness to just be like you know what you're not working and you're out and so if they feel like colin trevorrow is not going to be able to bring it home which at this point i'm I'm kind of leaning towards I suspect he will be replaced before they actually start uh, production on on episode nine. But I had heard I'd heard J.J. Abrams kind of wanted back in. I'd heard that they re- they really like what Ryan Johnson's doing. And I'd also seen some reports that said uh, that Ron Howard might be getting kind of a trial run and, and might get a go. at episode Well, it, nine.
0: yeah, they did say in episode eight they shot already shot a bunch of the scenes for episode nine. They're like, Ryan, can you do this one, too? While, mm-hmm. while we're yeah. here, you know, Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's just a convenience. Originally, like...
2: didn't he have it? Didn't they say it was going to be written by Ryan?
1: I think so. I think Episode that sounds right. Eight, yeah.
2: Nine, and then 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 Trevor came out and said no. They were developing a different script, but I think he wrote for. At one point, he had a treatment for both. I think uh, I I'm the I last person right. that should be trusted on that this. Sounds so. familiar.
1: there's so much stuff that somebody will tweet at us or emails like, "How could you guys forget?" And we'll be like, because because every day there's some kind of Star Wars news and we can't keep track of all of it. But yeah, I, it's like I, Trump. Think, yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah,
0: this is crazy. I mean, the film's coming out, the Han Solo movie less than a year from now.
1: I know that's at this point
0: that they're not even mm, in the edit
1: bay. yet. Push it, you know, push it, push it out of there. Like let's, let's get this yeah. into, into uh, December or something and just, just hold off guys. But yeah,
0: man, last Jedi is this year. That's like what? Six months away at this
2: point. Good grief. Well, let me
1: so check excited. my calendar. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost exactly six months away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good like you don't have that tattooed and you get it retattooed every day. I That's do. the painful part. Yeah. Man, no, it's not a so, great plan. So <laughs> angry.
0: They, at my local theater, which uh, the brand shall remain nameless because I don't want to burn any bridges there, they replaced the Last Jedi poster with the minions. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like prominently displayed. I think I tweeted it out on uh, Mad About Movies on Twitter that uh, it was like, man, this is for my first time seeing the poster and like in person in a theater. <laughs> It was backlit and everything. It looked so awesome. And then the next time I went in there, I was like, no, we're
2: going to do this banana teardrop minion poster. (laughs) So, What's funny is Brian actually and I called and requested that. So deal with it. How pissed
0: are are the minion people, uh, though, that, man, this Tupac movie's coming out. We're going to totally capitalize on its success. We're going to make our entire ad campaign (laughs) Tupac-themed. And they have all these, like, grew-life, like minion posters and everything it's just no just no just quit just oh, we're not seeing that by the way i'm not seeing it we're not reviewing that it's not happening
2: no it's happening no it's
0: no happening. actually it's not actually it's not a, i'm not
2: we'll see when you lose the draft we'll see when you lose the draft brush. okay
0: well i'm not gonna lose a draft until after it comes out so uh
2: we gotta well, give it a full month to make money you're gonna, have to go, I, you're gonna have to go see it at the dollar theater that's the best part wouldn't you choose <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> wouldn't you choose minions and not despicable me if you're gonna do that though
2: Come i don't know next. it's really up to brian what could be more of, i we'll mean see. but we'll see. one you'd have to see in the theater and one you'd have to see at home
1: well, and Richard brought up a good point when we were talking off air that I don't. If in fact I do win, I don't want to make you so angry that if we do this again and I lose, I got to go watch the the world's scariest horror movie oh, it's happening. Like that. So, <laughs> that so is happening. So
2: that's for I'm
0: sure. Just, You're
1: watching. Yeah, Human Slender
2: Man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> enjoy the Slenderman uh, doc. Yeah. 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 Uh, man, that that would happen too. <laughs> but again, I'm excited about the possibility of a.
2: Mine's oh, the musical Into app. the Woods, if I lose the next one. <laughs> into the woods. It's just the title freaks me out.
0: Uh, I'm still floored that you won't watch Game of Thrones because of the woods. That is, like, so random. They're
2: in I castles. don't mean that literally, but just that whole genre of, like, elven woods, I just, pff, count me out.
0: There are no elves in Game of Thrones, no.
2: No, You just got us
1: 50 emails, thank you. <laughs>
2: You're welcome. Okay. I tell you what, I'll reply to all those for you. <laughs> Brian, you want to make sure your job's secure.
1: Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> for <the> heads up. <laughs>
2: all right. Well, we did have one more thing to
0: talk about, but Star Wars news took a little more time than anticipated, and I'm sure we're going to have a lovely discussion uh, after the break when we talk about Transformers the last night. A boom. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. For supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am? Fam, Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh, it's sourced from local farms. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. We had a listener reach out to us on Twitter and say, I just saw Transformers the last night. Really excited for y'all's breakdown, and uh, I'm gonna have a mental breakdown when it comes to (laughs) discussing this. I think not the kind of breakdown you're writing
1: for. It broke our sweet little Kent. Yeah, you know, sometimes, most of the time, mad about movies, we mean mad in the sense of we really are crazy about movies, and and sometimes, sometimes it's it's actually mad, like we are angry about movies. I am. I I, I feel like this is probably the latter.
0: I was so angry that. I almost—I was walking out of the theater. And I almost called y'all on a group call, so that, so that I could just scream into my phone while I was walking back to my apartment because I had to talk I had to talk to somebody about this. Um, I couldn't
2: wait three days to talk about this uh, in length. So here I am. It's funnier now, picturing that it's one thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, beautiful sunny day in Frisco, Texas. Kent just sauntering to his car. And then a rage-stroking. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, this movie offended me in every single way possible that mm-hmm. it could offend mm-hmm. a person, uh, somebody who likes movies, who likes... Well, oh, don't...
2: I mean, don't give away your grade. I mean,
0: come <laughs> on. Right. I think everyone knows
1: what my, pat,
0: what my patented grade is going to be for this movie.
1: <laughs> I have to invent but, a new one for this.
0: I mean... <laughs> The thing that's most frustrating about this is it's not like, yeah, guys, we gave it a shot. Just people didn't like it. It's that the studio (laughs) and Michael Bay don't give a crap anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't even trying to make a good movie. And it's so freaking obvious with this that um, I was just floored. Brian, I'm going to ask you a question just to start (laughs) this off. Okay, get we the all,
1: edit button ready. Thank
0: you. We all sat in the theater for what's the runtime
1: on this again? Two yeah, hours. I don't even. Seven hours could be. I mean, it's it's just so long.
2: so long. I've had surgeries that were shorter.
1: Yeah, I I literally have had surgeries that were shorter than this. This is no right. question. I got no, my that's not a joke. I got my yeah.
2: braces put on like
0: faster than I got <laughs> yeah. through this movie. Uh, With no anesthesia,
2: it was less painful.
0: Way less painful than this. Um, gosh, I'm trying to oh. Load the IMDV, but it, the freaking it's like animations. Two hours. It's, two it's two hours, hours. 29 minutes. Yeah. Brian, we sat in the theater for two hours, 29 minutes. Richard sat mm. in for 29 minutes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> considerably less than that.
0: <laughs> but, Brian, I ask you this question uh-huh. What was the movie about?
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> King Arthur, obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, X Cal. Can I, can I just put up front? I don't. I don't give a crap about spoiling this movie. So if you if you care, I'm not I'm not going to be um polite about it from here on. So I I don't know what you guys want to do, but I don't I don't care. So spoiler alert if you if you care. Um <laughs> I think the movie's about Excalibur cuz it shows up for 12 seconds at the end of the movie for no reason and then it disappears. So that's that's good. I I don't know, can't. there's so much there's just so much stuff that's Jammed into this, it's like eight different movies packed into one, and they're all terrible movies. So, (laughs) just you know, you know how Mel Gibson ex Mel Gibson's ex wife makes him want to smoke this. These movies, this movie in particular, it just makes me want to to cuss a lot. I just I can't. I sat down. I took my my friend Matt went with me because I was just like I can't. I see a lot of movies by myself. I actually like doing that at this point but this is one is like if i if i go by myself i i will leave within 10 minutes i just i just don't think i can do this and so i took my friend with me i he he sacrificed his time to to help me stay in there and i pretty much immediately started heavy sighing and holding my head in my hands and questioning my life choices and stuff so it's it's good that's what you want from a big fun summer blockbuster right
0: yeah i want to apologize to The Pirates of the Caribbean people because I almost (laughs) berated that movie. That's a masterpiece compared to this. I'm not even playing. I mean it's it's watchable. This isn't even watchable. It is an assault on the senses, an assault on the eyes, an assault on anyone trying to follow any kind of narrative. I mean, there's not not one point in the movie where you're like, okay, I I I get where we are. Okay, you know, Mark Wahlberg's got to do this. You know, Optimus Prime has to do that. I guess Optimus Prime isn't on the Earth, so that's kind of the only thing I knew about what was going on. I was like, okay, well, I'm just waiting for Optimus Prime to come back now. And everything else is kind of irrelevant, right? Um, By the way, Age of Extinction, two hours, 45 minutes.
2: Well, until you see the director's guide. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Man. Anthony Hopkins... Coming on board, mm. just to add exposition for 40 minutes. I mean, it's like 40 Gosh. minutes of exposition. <laughs> a, that's not an exaggeration. Forgot that Mark Wahlberg's character's name is Cade Yeager.
1: And, and he's an is, inventor t- from Texas. Was he was a Texas inventor,
2: inventor man. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: that's why I say they're not even trying, because mm. he, he like amps up the Boston <laughs> accent like tenfold <laughs> of this. He's clearly from Massachusetts. Oh, man. um man right from the beginning though
2: it was way easier than this it wasn't this hard back in san antonio <laughs> parked a car in a Harvard yard
0: <laughs> had a wicked good eggplant egg parmesan <laughs> sandwich <laughs> all right in laredo <laughs> laredo yeah laredo texas um yeah right from the beginning though brian you said you last 10 minutes When the Paramount logo comes across the screen and it's got those like transformer, like sound effects, I'm like,
1: nope, 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 Ariel. I I started taking notes. (laughs) I hate that sound. That sound gives me anxiety. That like digital at this point, PTSD.
0: Yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The. Drunk Merlin within two and a half minutes of it. By the way, did you know Merlin was Stanley Tucci? I did not
2: know that. Yeah, yeah, entire. that, that uh, actually it needed hurt. to be.
1: That hurt me. Yeah, that hurt me because I really like Stanley Tucci. Nah,
2: just anymore. think about the paycheck. I don't care about any actors in this. Just think about how much they made for it. And just know, be happy gosh. for them.
1: All I can think about is. This movie took up the time of Stanley Tucci and John Goodman and a bunch of other pretty decent actors and we did this instead. But you're right. I don't I don't hold anything nothing about these movies do I hold against the actors because of who they are working for, you know.
2: Exactly. And Drunk Merlin is my fantasy football team name this year. So it gave <laughs> me that.
0: I mean, in my notes it it says bullet point Drunk Merlin. Mm. <laughs>
2: Why does that have anything to do with? It anything? says that in, I have that in my notes of every movie, but I don't really pay attention to much. You always hope for a drunk Merlin, but this one actually had it in there. Right? Yeah, I was kind of thrown off. Yeah. you know I, yeah. know, I didn't know. I didn't know what okay. to do
1: with it. In Richard's notes, it just it's just drunk Merlin colon and then a, a frowny face.
2: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was
0: just such a bullet point to Merlin. It's like, oh, Merlin's in the story. Oh, by the way, he's an alcoholic. Like, who? What does that have to do of with this? Um. So, you know, all your childhood stories that, you know, you would hear about Merlin, Well, he had severe alcoholism, so sorry, <laughs> there's no charm with Merlin. He was a sick, sick man.
1: He died at a young age because he didn't have access to proper health care. It's, it's pretty sad, honestly. It's honestly yeah. really sad. It was a disease,
2: though. It was a disease. Yeah, he was it sick. wasn't my choice. He was you know, sick. Alcoholism is a disease, oh, and Merlin
1: could not man. cast a spell to cure it. You guys it. should have seen The Wake. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh the fact that they have a I guess dragons were transformers, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're megazords, basically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that explains dragons. Oh, oh, they were Transformers? Oh. I hate the fact that they have to go back in time and explain history
1: mm-hmm. through, I blame through Forrest Transformers. Gump for yeah. Forrest Gump syndrome at its worst right here.
0: <laughs> Forrest Gump was just a bystander, like a wit- like a witness. He didn't yep. do much uh, okay, but to affect without history.
1: Without Forrest Gump, do we get this? It's a slippery slope, man. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had to think of some way to, to get, keep this going. What about the fact that this pitch worked at the studio is yeah. staggering, too. You can go anywhere with Transformers. You really can. Why do we need to go back to the 1400s? <laughs> You know, or yeah. a thousand. Well, why did the last one ago? need to
1: include dinosaurs? Well, I mean, I don't
0: know. Well, why did the Brian, one before that Brian, have to How, go did, to the how moon? did the, the dinosaurs the get extinct? How, <laughs> how can we explain that? No one can explain it unless it was Transformers. Oh, that is,
2: that it. Was that just explains teenage Shia LaBeouf it. trying to hook up with way too yes. hot Megan Fox.
1: Yes, it was such a similar time. Yeah,
2: yeah, and the robot helped him. That was fine. Great.
1: Right, right. Aren't a, giant a cr- transforming robots disguised as normal everyday items enough? <laughs> Isn't that enough for your fantasy blockbuster epic movie? Yeah,
0: I <sighs> do. I really dislike the trope. That it's just Michael Bay being just the pervy guy
1: of oh, yes. oh we're Gosh. gonna we're
0: gonna hire this super hot girl that really I'm only here to look and gawk at. Uh, but you know what? We're gonna put glasses on her so that she's an intellectual character yes. that has you know yeah. all this power and everything. I hate that. It's mm-hmm. such a you know, oh Megan Fox, oh you're super attractive and, and the most popular girl in our school, but oh what? You're also an auto mechanic who knows her way around an engine. <laughs> you know, I just like
2: just it's like stop. so patronizing too. Yeah. It's like offensive. God, God forbid they have an actually interesting female character right. in there. <laughs> God forbid. God
0: forbid. Um it's ba- it's bad the I mean, Megan Fox left on bad terms with Michael Bay because of That exact thing, like him just being perverted all the time and, and all that. And I guess like that Victoria's secret model that was in, uh, the third one, I wonder where they found her. She had never acted before, but, oh, you're a Victoria's secret model. Well, you can be in this, but we'll, we'll give you glasses. So everyone (laughs) believes that you, you know what? It's just like, just stop. Yeah. Just Michael Bay, just, just stop it. Um, it was a little less offensive in this one maybe than in the others, but it's just something that continued on. It's like it's such a predictable thing that you're just waiting for it to happen and uh and it did. I hate the phrase no sacrifice, no victory. That makes no sense. Makes no sense. What tell me what the what the Golden State Warriors <laughs> sacrificed this year? <laughs> Absol- and absolutely yeah. nothing. Absolutely exactly. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> They they there, sacrifice there. one win to the greatest player of our generation. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Tell that to Andrew Bogut, Okay, victory equals victory. I, I hate that they try. It's just like the closer you look, the less you'll actually. It makes no sense. It's just a stupid line <laughs> oh, that they come to try to sound smart. Like they are like, yeah, oh, we can make three movies man. off that phrase. It's uh,
1: there's it's a bad. lot of that kind of thing. Like the whole. <laughs> This whole prophecy thing was the most generic. Like, what if we ripped off 47 movies and just made the most generic prophecy of all time? That's what we've come up with here. It didn't even, it didn't make any sense. I don't, I don't know, man. I I just, I want to shout out to io9 for, I don't know if you guys read the article that I sent you, but Rob Bricken from io9 wrote this incredible spoiler, frequently asked questions about Transformers that really put into words a lot of the uh rage stroke anger that i had coming out of it just asking these questions like what why why are we Ask doing them. this what's Ask happening them. and it's just unbelievable man it's unbelievable you, is, you hinted at some questions
0: for us brian what what, what are they
1: you, you want me to go through my list i have a very long list of questions yeah would, let's let's you do like it like me to, to we got plenty that. of time <laughs> Okay, we may have asked a couple of these, but I'll I'll just try to fly through these as fast as I can. Okay. Okay. Um. Let's see. Why is Mer- why is Merlin buried with the staff in the ocean if the entire concept was to give us something to help humanity? And moreover, why do the Transformers uh, continue to bring items to Earth that they can destroy Earth and then hide them within Earth, like the Sun Harvester in the third movie? Um. Why are we always always hunting Autobots even though they continually save the planet? why is Cuba in this movie? And what does that setting where John Turturro bring to the story? <laughs> no,
2: uh, to be fair, the same can said. be said for fast and furious. Well, hey. come on. That was, I'm bro, just being honest. Cause before someone to, tweets us, that hold that on, can be said for me.
1: hold on. Cuban Nas, bro. That's that answered the question, right? <laughs> John,
2: and Finn John? had to re- recruit that cool bro for yeah, the uh, chase yeah. later.
0: John Turturro, totally
1: tell, he tells them where the book is that they need to find. Yeah. For right? no, over for the reason, over the phone, for no reason. Um, I'm in,
0: I'm in Cuba. I'm not coming to America just to shoot this. So y'all want to send a camera down here? I'll just do yeah, it over the a phone. a million
1: bucks, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, man. Um, why are you adding kid actors to this terrible universe? Oh, You've man. already established that this isn't kid friendly. So why deal with kid actors unnecessarily? Uh, speaking of the kid actors, why is the preteen running around in sweaty clothes in slow motion? I don't feel like we needed that at all. Uh, why can Bumblebee disassemble and reassemble himself suddenly out of nowhere? Yeah. Um. Why is the Nightbot in in the Chicago wreckage? He's a man out of time. Why is he still alive? Why does he only wake up when Mark Wahlberg shows up? Why is Mark Wahlberg in Chicago, uh uh, coincidentally on this occasion? And why has the Nightbot been hanging on to life for six years, only to die suddenly right this very second? That's that all happens in twelve seconds. I don't understand any of it. You're right. Um. Why doesn't Optimus Prime know that the war between Autobots and Decepticons destroyed Cybertron? destroyed cybertron even though he himself has told us this in the past that's a thing that happened in yeah. the previous movies he told us that their war destroyed cybertron but he doesn't know that in this movie um where did the baby dinobots come from why is the tiny yeah, are, the, jukebox are, the, are, the, are the robots here? like mating
2: like, why is there know, baby one so that makes zero doesn't sense doesn't
1: make any sense um you know, he got a lot of Bay got a lot of crap for that first movie for the racist jukebox, and he just keeps bringing it back. So I I don't know why that continues to happen. Uh-huh. Um, why do we keep cutting around the globe to see pieces of Unicron that have literally nothing to do with this movie? Why does the government always make deals with Megatron, even though he betrays them every single time? Uh-huh. Why are we doing a montage scene of new Transformers, and why are they all racially insensitive? And they don't Uh, bring anything to the story, and they just show nothing. They They just show them in that little montage, and that's it. Yeah. Uh Yep. Um, Why do both Megatron and Quintessa—that's the weird—I don't know—alien on Cybertron, the 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 god or the maker or whatever. Why do both? uh, How do both Megatron and Quintessa know about the talisman, or at least that it's been activated? And why do they know you need to find it to find the staff, even though you really don't need it to find the staff? That didn't make any sense. Um the town that they fight in where where Megatron meets up with uh with the Autobots and tries to fight them is supposed to be abandoned, but there's a random old man sweeping a decrepit hotel that somehow has a functioning elevator. I don't understand how that works. Uh did Michael Bay seriously name the Secret Transformer Society the Wit That's yes. a real thing. Um why doesn't anyone have a record of Bumblebee fighting the Nazis in World War II? That's not a time when we didn't have photography, so I don't know how that (laughs) managed to get through. Why is the submarine a transformer that never transforms? Um, Why doesn't Cade Yeager, who literally lives with a dozen transformers, even consider that the staff in Merlin's coffin could transform into the staff that they're looking for? He just throws it aside like an idiot. Um, If Vivian doesn't track down the staff, what could Quintessa do about it? she's the last descendant of Merlin and only one who knows where it is so there's literally nothing that the evil alien could have done to um, to get that staff at that point so thanks for helping the bad guys there um, why did the Nightbots attack Vivian and Cade and furthermore why did they attack Optimus Prime when Megatron flies away with the staff um, why does Bumblebee get his voice back for literally 5 seconds at just the right time and then it vanishes again the very next scene um, that was the most Martha moment of any movie since Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is the Talisman Excalibur, and then why does Excalibur literally disappear immediately after Kate activates it for the first and only time of the entire movie? It literally disappears from his hand, and he never goes back to it. Even when they're fighting the bad, the big bad. Right after that, mm-hmm. I, okay. Um, why does Anthony Hopkins think he can defeat the Decepticons with a pistol? Um, he just dies for, for no reason. Why does Optimus disappear for 15 minutes, allowing the military to get slaughtered while Cybertron literally drags its celestial carcass across the globe, killing millions of people in the process? Then he just shows up with the Megazord and we're all cool with him bailing on us. Okay, cool. Um, why did the kid and her dumb robot smuggle themselves onto a helicopter that will undoubtedly be put in harm's way? Uh, because apparently they, only this gimpy robot can destroy the giant gun that even Hound, who is the biggest, baddest uh most heavily armed transformer of the bunch can't destroy it and finally so we end this movie with cybertron hanging literally in our atmosphere and also the moon got really messed up so our tides and the planetary orbit are forever destroyed but that's just a thing that we end on like it's no big deal this thing is literally a planet is sharing our atmosphere but we're just like okay see you in number six in a few years
0: didn't you hear optimus prime at the end if you put your mind to it. (laughs) <laughs> Anything can be accomplished. You just have Unbelievable. to believe. Like it ends on the weirdest uh, cliffhanger—not non-cliffhanger. It's this huge battle, and then all of a sudden, cuts to Optimus Prime saying, saying that those things, and then credits roll. It's just like what? Insert Optimus Prime motivational line at the end, and we're good. Like that's that's all we have Gosh. to do um, to make this movie work. Uh, the baby dinos is is very curious, right? <laughs> I was like, why? Um, what's your favorite racially insensitive uh edit, <laughs> um Transformer. Probably mohawk Mine Probably is, mohawk yeah mine's dreadbot you know
1: Yeah I like that dreadbot was good too.
0: I I love I love Nitro Zeus too
1: Yamin Gosh dreadbot Gosh
0: Nitro Zeus uh berserker I loved berserker Oh mm. so good
1: Why why do they keep letting him do that Like of all the things all the stupid things that are in these movies can you just not be racist i don't
0: (laughs) yep you would think really low
1: standard to get to uh
0: no for michael bay he's like i can't sacrifice that (laughs) i can do a lot of stuff to please the studios but i can't be a racist through these characters (laughs) you're gonna have to find somebody else uh another question brian i had Mm -hmm. is when uh he's uh talking to his daughter on the phone or mark Wahlberg is and they say you know like uh he's talking to her on a landline but he can't speak and he's like if i speak they'll find out where i am but apparently they can't trace a call like (laughs) through a landline the only way the easiest way to track somebody is if they make a call from a landline then you know oh there's where the connection was that was he's like yeah that that's the world we live in now man they 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 hear my voice. They they know where I am. Well, they also know where you are through that cable that's plugged into the ground. Yeah. Also, uh, you might might want to fix that. Um, also, you mentioned Bubblebee's voice. Oh, um, here's a you know I, I guess he loses it, but there there's a point, and I think they're going to happen, have it happen where he gains his voice back. You know. How about we take away the only charming thing about Bumblebee, right? <laughs> the fact that he speaks with drops. Let's just take that away, and he's going to be <sighs> have a have a really high voice, high pitched voice, because that's not what you would expect. Aww. Oh, um, gosh! There's a scene with the with uh, the I guess her name is Vivian in the movie.
1: Mm, you just thought about it more than michael bay did vivian
0: her last name's wembley though because because of you know because because of london and because of because of english Uh, vivian wembley uh she and they're having a conversation about um like bbw's i think it is with the old Mm -hmm, women mm -hmm, and that lasts for way too long Mm -hmm. i mean not even shouldn't even drop you should drop a line, maybe as a joke, but let's not spend twelve minutes on this, guys. Let's just let's move. Can we move on from from the? Well, you got to stretch it to two and a half hours. Can't can't yeah. get out of here in an hour and a half. You got to stretch this thing. I mean, make Gosh. every cringy moment ten times cringier by extending it for four and a half minutes. Um.
1: Yeah, it, you know, I've given Robert Zemeckis a lot of crap for not understanding human emotion, but I mean. Michael Bay makes him look like Spielberg. He really, like these, these the failure to understand human humanity and uh, and humor and emotions and and what actually is funny and what isn't and stuff like that. It's just it's mind-boggling. It's it's almost a skill in and of itself to be that completely disconnected with reality.
0: I think so. It's actually impressive how yeah. how detached he is from good filmmaking. I mean, it's this is the same guy that made good movies back in the day. You know, "quote unquote" good movies. You know, The Rock, at least or whatever. fun
1: movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, gosh, that that may be the not. It's definitely not the worst thing, but it's up there. Of this is a. It's not just a bad movie. It's a bad movie for a Transformers movie. Like it's right. below. It's beneath yeah. all these other things. And part of that is because even I mean I've said before. That Michael Bay is a great—he's the equivalent of a great offensive coordinator who should never be a head coach. But even in this one, like his the the special effects and the action sequences and the explosions or stuff are so lame. And so, if you're not even going to do that part right, then what's the point?
0: How is he not tired of making these? He's I mean, it's it's got to be, gotta be okay. money. But as a <laughs> human being, you'd be like, you know, I'm done. I'm good. I've made five Transformers, four Transformers movies already. Why did he even come back for this one? Unless they're like, oh, 50 million in it for you. But is
1: it even worth it for him at this point? He can't can't do anything else. He can't do anything else. Every, Every time that he steps away from this franchise he goes off and he tries to make something else and it doesn't work right. because he's not a good director he and tries so, to make
0: 13 hours and yeah pain and gain
1: thir- and yeah 13 hours was fine but it didn't it didn't make any money number one and it didn't bring him any critical acclaim and so he's right back to it and the one before that was pain and gain which is awful and so and that was the same thing it didn't make any money it didn't get any critical acclaim so he just has to keep coming back to transformers he's he can't, he's just not good. He's just not a good director. And it's a bummer, at the very least, because I, I like some of those movies. I like Armageddon. I like The Rock. I like Bad Boys. I mean, they're, I don't know that any of them are good movies, but I at least can enjoy watching them. But he, he's not, he's, he's completely lost his touch. He doesn't know what he's doing. And when you get into this, and he's lost his touch with the explosions, too, then it's just like, just stop, dude. You produce... You can just produce these movies and stay out of it. Because obviously you don't give a crap. So why do you keep coming back? It can't, I don't know. At some point, enough money is enough money, right? Like, you just go away. Tired of it.
0: He needs to go back to making Donny Osmond music videos. Like, just go do that. <laughs> just go see what Lionel Richie's up to. See if he'll rekindle that relationship. And, man, how it, surely this is the last one, right? It's
1: the last he night. said that? Three times. I, no, they've got two <laughs> more right now. On, the Bumblebee on, one, yeah. Yeah, on uh, Box Office Mojo. They've got them listed. I, I don't think they will come out. Like They've got them listed as coming out next year and the year after. I don't they've think got
0: Bumblebee happen, coming still. out next year and Transformers 7 in 2019. But Transformers 7... So I guess Bumblebee will be Transformers 6, technically?
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: And not its own spinoff? By the way... Haley Steinfeld circling Bumblebee. No, get out of that. Get, get out. Yeah. It says she on IMDb, it says she's starring in it, but yeah. I, I mean, that could be just somebody added her to there. Uh, Travis Knight is apparently directing Bumblebee,
1: former Yukon Husky. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and but he directed Kubo the and Bulls. the two strings, which I really enjoyed.
1: Mm-hmm. Kubo was good.
0: Um, maybe that's what this needs is like get away from Bay, do a spinoff. Like I'm not I'm not out on the idea of Transformers because you can do some fun kind of fish out of water stuff with them which they've done yeah. they did in the first one that's what made it so appealing was the kind of juxtaposition between you know our earth and then this giant robot you know coming around like Bumblebee was actually a really fun charming character for a long time you know in that movie and just like him and Megan Fox and Shia together, them three, it was fine. You, you, you kind of have the comic relief of the parents and John Turturro there, you know? And it's amazing that that one worked as well as it did. But how about we abandon everything that made that one fun and successful and do the opposite? Yeah. And just make this an overbloated, like, I don't, I don't understand because if you had made this a good movie, it would have made more money. So it, it's mm-hmm. such a contradiction to their plan of let's just make money. Well, the way to make money is make it good, and then people will talk about it. That it was good, and they'll tell their friends to go see it. And this yeah. would have made more money. They're 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 losing at their own game at this point. There's not it's yeah. not even a cash grab anymore.
1: Yeah, at this point, they are they are exclusively making these movies for overseas audiences. And so, mm-hmm. why not just do that? Why not say this movie costs two hundred and seventeen million dollars to make? Why not make it for a hundred and ten and just release it overseas? And and just be done with it because that's the only, I just no one he no one cares. There's not enough people here that care. And if you know for whatever market there is for it, I mean I know it won the weekend, but it made forty four million dollars. That's less than half of what the last one made. And so clearly the the market is diminishing for it. Just put it out overseas and be done with it. Put get fake Mark Wahlberg to star in it. You know, find somebody who can do. Because it's not like anybody in this movie is acting. So just find somebody who looks vaguely like Mark Wahlberg. Pay him a tenth of what you're paying Wahlberg. And just just market it in China and, and whatnot. And just be done with it. Because cause otherwise, all you're doing... I, I'm just... T- I hate I hate lazy filmmaking. And that's all that this is. If you take a chance and you, you swing and you miss... Batman v. Superman. I hate that movie. I think it's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. But at the very least, Snyder had some kind of vision and he was trying to make the movie. Now, it's a movie I hate and I don't think it was a good vision. And I don't think it was a well done. I think it was a terrible decision overall. But at the very least, you could say he's trying to make the movie that he wants to make. Can you say that about The Last night? I I don't think so. And I, I think you can tell that with stuff like the fact that they pop up on the screen Namibia, West Africa. Namibia is in South Africa. You couldn't even Wikipedia that to find out <laughs> that the place that you're moving to for literally no reason is not in the location where you're putting up on screen. I just stuff like that. I, you know, there's I, think it's, there's... I
0: think it's the editor's trolling Bay, like trying to ruin the movie because they sure. hate them so much.
1: It could totally be that, but it also... St- I think the whole thing... If your, if your audience doesn't care what kind of product you're making, which the overseas, honestly, I mean, we're just saying, speaking honestly, the overseas market doesn't care. They, they just want to see Transformers and cool explosions and stuff like that. So all this other stuff doesn't matter. So if they don't care, then the studio doesn't care. And if the studio doesn't care, then the director doesn't care. And if the director doesn't care, then why should anyone, why should the editor, why should the cast, why should the crew, why should anybody care about whether or not you are making a good movie? And that's That's the thing that offends me most about these dumb movies. It's just like, I don't care that they're stupid. I care that they're done in the most lazy way possible. It's
0: very lazy. Speaking of lazy, there's a moment where Anthony Hopkins says the line, what's going on here? But his mouth clearly just opens one time. (laughs) It's the most obvious ADR since, I guess, the mummy. They had a scene where she says... (laughs) Five thousand years, but mouths two thousand years, you know, it's very obvious. This was He he opened his mouth once and said, What's going on here? You know <laughs> It was uh it was it was very cringy. Um you know, somebody also tweeted us and said, Uh, you know, I hope this gets a passing grade or so I hope it's a bearable experience for you guys. And I replied and said, as long as they leave Galileo out of it, I'll be fine. <laughs> Galileo is in the movie. <laughs> they couldn't even get through this without ruining Galileo's legacy. Again, guys, what are they doing? Galileo rolling is. over in his grave again. Um. Yeah. Where they had that scene where the Witwickians, uh, Brian, the, uh, I don't even know why. Secret society. Secret society yeah. of, I guess, Archibald Witwicky from the first movie wasn't that wasn't his real name. He was a Witwickian or, or who are people that were knowledgeable of the Transformers, knew about them, something or mm. you know Sorry Harriet Tubman, your <laughs> <which, laughs> your legacy is because of the Transformers. Gosh. Um <laughs> Sorry Jeez. Abraham Lincoln, um like like not even bringing in like uh, you know, like Men in Black did, like Al Roker and, and random celebrities right. and things like yeah. that. It's like, no, we're, you know, like that, yeah. uh, well, you know he's a racist, <laughs> but you know that whole uh, <laughs> emancipation thing? That was because of the freaking Transformers. <laughs> right. We're sorry. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Gosh, that whole scene was like folder scene on top of pointer scene on top man, of stomping man. on Galileo. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and it's funny because they, they don't even show Galileo or anything, but you hear it like in the like right side of the theater speakers. It's like Galileo, you know, and he's like saying all the names. It's that was like, only hey, go, your theater. Can we, can we throw weird. Galileo into this there. somehow? Yeah, we could, we'll just add it in audio. I mean, that'll work, right? Uh, it's so funny. Yeah. Richard and is like... Has already Don't forget Schroeder. about
1: the watch that killed Hitler. That was very important to <laughs> this story. Jeez.
0: That was yeah. a good moment when, like you said, they're in front of like a Nazi palace and then Bumblebee just goes off. Like Rickshaw. that is the.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Cool stuff. Richard, um, how long did you make it, man? How long did you make it in this?
2: Oh, um, definitely not two hours and 26 minutes. Definitely less than that. I forgot to check the the old, I'm normally pretty good at timing it, but I was so, um, distraught, just sort of upset. I don't, I mean, I don't get as worked up as you guys do because I lack, um, taste or human emotions, but I kind of just sat there (laughs) blankly staring at the screen for a while. My theater was also very, very full. Mm. Uh, so it's just kind of like looking around at everyone. Like, I know why I'm here. Right. <laughs> but why? But why are any of you here? Uh, but I would say if I had to guesstimate, about an hour and a half, hour forty-five. But wow. but the good news is, uh, I when it was a full theater, I got to very loudly walk out, which I I love that's to do. Fun. I love I like to that's shame everyone fun. else. Mm. I I just got up, and was like, oh, well, that's uh, enough, <laughs> and just walked down the stairs and slapped my feet on the <laughs> ground as loud as I could and left.
1: Right dust the dust the dirt off your sandals and be gone yeah like man
0: uh there's one element of this that you can make a really good movie about and they've already made a freaking tv show for like nine seasons based on it which is the whole uh people from the past uh people who had primitive technology would interpret advanced technology as magic, right? If, if, uh, you brought an iPhone to Jerusalem during Bible times and you're, you know, <laughs> and you had a functioning iPhone and you're like, Oh wow, this can capture your image. This can, you know, I can look up anything ever on this device. They're like, he's it's magic. This guy's a sorcerer, you know, <laughs> yeah. that French whole craft. thing. Yeah. And they made, you know what ancient aliens is, the show is based on that entire philosophy of, you know, uh these pyramids were built through advanced technology, not magic or whatever you know the their pharaohs didn't have magic all they had was advanced technology right um they try to bring that into here' but it's another thing that you just stomp on the face of like a good philosophy or good premise and bring it into transformers and it just loses so much oomph, you know like they they could make a really good movie based on that entire scenario and uh that's sad because um, it's just one more thing that is just wasted. You know, it, you could take that one premise alone and make a good movie on it. Uh, I'll make good, good, a good Transformers movie on it. This wasn't it. You know, you could have saved that for Transformers six. What are they doing? You know, <laughs> uh, that's bad. Uh oh, the submarines. Again, that made no sense. It's just an excuse to be on a submarine, I guess. I don't, maybe they saw fast you know fate of the furious and they're like we really got to get a submarine in this somehow by the way we heard rumors that they were doing like still shooting this movie like two weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) they weren't even finished shooting it they were still trying to put the tie the loose ends because you know what you gotta you gotta make this as good as you can you know i mean we'll gotta sacrifice every second we have to to roll the camera on this one um Speaking of... I think we mentioned the editors earlier and how they're trolling. Um, the aspect ratio. Gosh. I have to I have to mention this because it's the most offensive thing I've ever seen in the history of cinema. <laughs> um, <laughs> what the heck was that about? Every Laziness. single... It's 500 changes in aspect ratio in this movie. You know, like, uh, stretching it would be like, oh, we're going to change four times. Or if you're going to do it tastefully... Like Wes Anderson did with Grand Budapest, you know, and uh, it actually makes sense with the story and narrative. Then that is fine, right. with, in my opinion. But not every cut. I mean, every time the camera shows something different, it's a different aspect ratio, and I'm not exaggerating that at all.
1: Yeah, and and you know, there there'll be a certain contingent of the listener population that's like, well, that's not something that the average person notices, and and my. My counter to that would be: Yes, you do. Your eye notices it. Whether your brain recognizes, you're like, "Why is
0: this unwatchable?"
1: Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> Why is this hurting my eyes? Why is this an assault on my face to watch this movie? It's because of that. Because your eye is constantly, constantly adjusting to what it's seeing on screen. So whether you're whether you're recognizing it or not, it doesn't matter. It's it's crap filmmaking for for, what, for no reason. For no there's no reason other than laziness. It um
0: somebody else said that it was uh, on our Twitter said that it was them the editors trolling Michael Bay I mean there's scenes where it doesn't even cut to another shot and the aspect ratio changes like it's showing a field and then it just goes down to widescreen like for no reason like it, it's it's an editing error like I can I know like in the software like oh they uh the letterbox you know stayed on for two extra frames or whatever you know and they didn't adjust that in the edit, it just goes to show, like, this movie screened, and the, the studio's like, yeah, it's cool. It's whatever. You know, it's a good
1: guy. Yeah, kind of- no one cares. No one cares. That's <laughs> that's the problem. I mean, that's the problem with it's, the whole it's, thing. It's cool. I think I think there's a, there's some dialogue in the movie that I felt like was probably placeholder dialogue that they just forgot to edit out. So that's good. Yeah, That's what you want. At some point, the fake C-3PO transformer that is just a constant kick in the balls, that guy's, t- that was just an egregiously Michael bay character, but at some point he says, I, I wrote it down somewhere, he says, um, he says, sir, that weird thing we've been waiting to happen, I think it's gonna happen. That can't be real dialogue. That can't be <laughs> what somebody intended to put in an actual movie on a screen. Like that can't, that had to have been uh we'll just scribble something and we'll we'll fix it later and then they forgot. That's got to be what happened. I, I don't I don't know which is worse, honestly, but gosh. Stuff like that pops up several times and the rest of it's not it's not like there's good dialogue to to counter that. That's like the worst of the worst, which is oh, pretty pretty incredible. Mm.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, there is a portal in the movie. They got a, they had to open up a portal. Uh, to Cybertron, which, how did the Transformers get here to begin with? Weren't they just flying here through some kind of... Why can the Transformers just turn themselves on at any moment? Oh, if if a human walks by me, I'm going to turn myself on, even though I've been dormant for (laughs) 75,000 years or whatever it is. Somebody, Somebody just walked by? Oh, aren't they fueled by gasoline? Like, doesn't... Bumblebee like pee on John Saturo, like with gasoline and the, and the thing. Like, this isn't, aren't they fueled by whatever the vehicle is fueled by, hence the transforming? Or, or is it some Dude. nuclear power that they haven't uh, discussed or discovered yet in this that they could, yeah. they, there's unlimited power and in, in, in everything? And by the way, why did they stop freaking transforming from cars? I counted two or three <laughs> actual transformations
2: in the movie. Or they weren't yeah, just auto. I thought that was around. cool. That's yeah. That's not even cool. <laughs> that was the oh, coolest part. The whole point. I know. Yeah. That's the whole point of Transformers is that they They're literally their disguise. name <laughs> their name is Transformers because they transform. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think all this stuff. I think I at least for me, I would be much more willing to just be like, eh, "It is what it is." If these movies were a hundred minutes long instead of two and a half or three hours, and if they were, if the content, especially like the stuff that the transform the throwaway lines that the random transformers say, if I could take my kid to see this and it was ninety minutes or a hundred minutes long, I would come out and be like, "It's not very good, but it's fine for what it is," you know. But because Because Michael Bay has this grandiose sense of what these movies are and and what his legacy is, then it just has to stretch into these epics and it makes it to where it's not just that they're filling it with crap that no one needs and that is all bad. It's that then we, the audience, get into this mode where you, you you start looking for problems because you're just like, oh my gosh, I've been here for six hours. When is this going to end? And there's no... There's no way for me to come out of that and feel like I can give anything, give this movie any slack. And it's been the last, I mean, all of them are like this, except for the first one, you know, where it's just like, can you just, why don't you just make these, either make these good and make them kind of gritty and and enjoyable at least, or make them for kids and just shut up about it and just be done. Yeah.
0: Do we revoke John Goodman's American treasure <laughs> status because he came back for this?
1: No, same thing as as uh, Torturo and Tucci. You know, he probably made bank off of this, and he worked for a week. So you do what you want. I don't. I, I'm with Richard. I don't blame any actors in these movies because it's not like they know when they go in. I'm not being asked to act. I'm just being asked to give somebody my time for a million dollars. That's all it is.
0: I guess. But M- Mark Wahlberg, though, I mean, he's been struggling as of late in a way. Uh, this is not a good look.
1: Yeah. A movie Ted that flops, three, bro. Ted three will turn it around. It's
0: <laughs> a movie that flops like this did and is as bad as this and I mean But it didn't flop in his pocketbook because it, it made the back end the, on it. It's past yeah. the point of like uh, you know, dumb big dumb sequel. Now it's just offensive, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I would have given them a pass with even the even the Age of Extinction. This is just like this has to stop and it needs to stop now. It's at that point, you know? Don't worry, he's
2: got Daddy's Home too, just around the (laughs) corner, so.
0: It's like the uh, freaking uh, Tropic Thunder trailers, you know? Like, the Scorcher 7, you know? It's just like, and he's the Ben Stiller character. Like, just stop, man. No one likes you anymore in this. We gotta, we have to move on. But uh, it's not at that point. I guess, man, I I wonder what they can think of for Transformer 7, because... The annals of history have there surely there's no more events that the Transformers can be uh, that they can be responsible for, right? You know, let's 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 guesstimate the next event that uh,
1: <laughs> probably the War of 1812. That's where I most want to see the Transformers <laughs> come into play.
0: They already did World War Two in this, so World mm, War Two yeah. and King Arthur. Yeah, in this, so you've got a. How far back can we? The creation of the earth? They're, they're responsible mm-hmm. for that too, probably, right?
1: Pretty much. They're responsible for the pyramids. Um, so that, you know. It's, <laughs> there was a, uh, there was like a. Did they did they get involved in Granada? Is that a thing? Or did they stay out of that one? Was that too, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Brian, did you stay through the little credit sequence thing? Uh, I no, was out the I door. Didn't. As soon as I saw it directed by I, Michael yeah. Bay,
1: I was out. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lincoln Park. Kicked in, you're just like, right, here we go. was there Lincoln Park? That was in the first one.
0: Uh, I was like, surely they were out by like the third. They're like, <laughs> we're done. No more free songs for you. Uh, man, this was confusing. Like Richard, you said your theater was packed. Mine wasn't as much because obviously it was 9 a.m. and people have lives. <laughs> but um, you got to oh, ramp like, up like the these You can start your day like that. These people went to go see it. I'm sure 90% of them were excited or at least excited enough to. Buy a ticket and go, but I mean, when the credits rolled, just absolute deadpan silence, and not not one person moved an inch. And I was like, "It's it's it's over." And I just got up and walked out, and they were all <laughs> still sitting in their chairs, just in shocked disbelief. <laughs> I, I could tell well, that that, that was the feeling. I mean, it wasn't was... like one clap, one sigh, one one Yay. emotion expressed. It was just like I I felt weird for walking out. <laughs> um, when I did, but it was clearly over. Uh, what I don't know. It was just. I guess people just realized they had been bamboozled, you know. Or and uh, they were just. I was just suffering through through the first hour forty five, and I, I was just thinking to myself, man, this is got almost an hour left in this thing, you know. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's unbearably, it's unbearable to even look at, especially the aspect ratio. Like if this had been one. Aspect ratio. I've been like, yeah, it was bad, but it wasn't an assault on everything that I've known. What good movie making is, but this what, it There's no explanation for that though. There's zero explanation for it other than trying to screw with the audience or mm-hmm. trying to troll the audience and like laughing about it later. Oh, we made freaking fifty million dollars. Made two hundred fifty million dollars worldwide off that. Oh my gosh! And just drinking with your buddies, like. Buying each other rounds because you got away with it, you know. I can't think yeah. of any reason for that to have happened, especially with our technology now. Like I said, I've said if you shoot in a high enough resolution, you can blow it up or at least pan and scan to a way. Like if you shot this in thirty-five millimeter, you could pan and scan to a larger aspect ratio easily. You know, like a uh, for example, when they restored the Seinfeld. Uh, show to HD, right? It's in widescreen on TBS, you know, on your television, but it was shot in four by three. Well, how do they do that? Well, they have the original show. It was shot in a high enough resolution that they can crop it to widescreen and it's still high quality, right? They could have done that with this entire movie or just made this entire movie in Letterbox, or made this entire movie in, you know, uh, IMAX or whatever. Uh, it just makes no sense. It makes no logical sense and even the the shot reverse shots of people talking Wahlberg's in one aspect and then the girl is in another aspect it doesn't make i can't believe it i can't i can't believe it it's a mistake that not even the most basic person if somebody had never directed a movie they wouldn't have made that mistake that's how bad it is that's how bad um but I mean, I'm spent on this. I can't, yeah, I can't do done. it. I can't do this anymore. anymore. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. F minus, minus, minus. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, same for me. I think this... I legitimately think this is the worst movie we've ever reviewed on this podcast. And that's saying something. But I, I can't... I went back and looked at our last three years of episodes, and I, I can't... I don't think I could in good conscience say that any movie that we've done is worse than this movie. This is... This is an abomination. It's awful.
0: Yeah, there you go. The next movie, Transformers Abomination. Just wait for it, Richard. Uh, B minus. <laughs> Didn't hate
1: where it was going, Just and uh, love lot- Jared Carmichael
0: fun. in this. Just brought a lot to the table.
2: <laughs> Josh uh, Duhamel. Good thing he came back too. You know, I can't remember the f- last one. I was probably on Mesclin like normal <laughs> when I see these, but uh I can't ima- it wasn't worse than this, right? This one's definitely worse than the last Transformers. I think so, yeah.
1: I mean the last yeah. one was an F for me, and so this is worse. So that's, Man, good that's what you want. Turning up, you know.
0: Side so Weekly recommend. Go back and read Roger Ebert's review of Revenge of the Fallen. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. He, it's yeah. as bad as the review we just had. He he uses the word I hated it like, 25 times in it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he he hated every frame of it. Uh, he it is hilarious to read. And thanks to American Treasure, Roger Ebert, for doing that. But, man, Revenge of the Fallen came on TV when I was at a hotel, like, last week or the week before. And that's the first time I'd watched it, maybe since it came out. That one's horrifically bad, too. The stuff with Shia LaBeouf, like, getting the flashbacks or, like, the visions of the the code, you know, the... Transformers language. He's like spasming in class and all that. That is so bad. It's so cringy. Oh, I don't remember. I didn't remember it being that bad, but it is. It has not aged well, gracefully like Shia LaBeouf has. Um. Okay. Let's move on and let's hit a real weekly recommend. Boom.
1: Weekly recommends.
0: All right. I'm going to recommend a documentary. that I believe is still available on HBO. In fact, it is. HBO Go, if you have it. It's a documentary. I think I may have recommended it maybe in the first year of the show, but literally no one listened to us at that point, so I'm (laughs) recommending it again. It's uh, Bobby Fischer Against the World. I remember talking to Richard about it or recommending it to Richard a couple weeks ago because Richard said he's learning how to play chess, finally. It only took you 30
2: one years to do how 30 years you. 30 i know i never learned how to play it's up my alley and i love anything to do with chess like i love chess culture i love that bobby fisher documentary i love him yelling at jeremy Shap on sports center when i was a kid all <laughs> things bobby fisher um but uh i never really learned the actual game of chess so i've been playing a lot and uh and uh it's fun it's a good game Chess. It's, highly recommend. Ch- uh, yeah, recommend can't, chess. Kent, a lot of people don't know, is like a childhood chess prodigy. As a kid, played a lot of chess growing up. So I'm excited to play with you, Kent, and lose to you a hundred million times in a row, but maybe I'll learn a lot.
0: Man, I don't play nearly as much as I should anymore. I love doing it, but none of my friends play, and I feel weird like bringing a board and like, let's play, you know? <laughs> well, but if there's chess, guys. like yeah. we, There's this bar... Um, that uh, Richard and I've gone to called Pascal's in Denton. Mm-hmm. If you ever go there, it's a great, great bar, set. and they have a chess set there, and it's really fun to like play. With, you know, if there's ever the opportunity, um, but man, I don't play as nearly as much as I did. You know, I moved away when I was a kid from my school, who had a really prominent chess education program, and my fourth grade teacher used chess like in lessons and things like that. And, uh, it was a really good way to kind of teach us about, you know, using our brains and things like that. And, you know, I moved away from that, moved away from that school and stopped playing
2: like competitively, but you came to FDUB and learned about, um, chasing rabbits and uh <laughs> and
1: friends, that harry Potter you know, makers and yeah.
2: stuff i was yeah, the founder of the wrong. chess
0: i was the founder of the chess club at our high school i have that in my bio in my senior the thing invite.
2: chess club co-founder oh yeah <laughs> probably, here's a funny thing about probably did it. here's the funny thing about kent and i here's a great thing about kent and i that we could probably confess now that brian may not know kent and i were the ones that wrote those little things for the yearbook that said all the activities you were in and so we padded our stats pretty high. I'm in the, um, <laughs> I was in crossbow club all four years, which didn't exist. <laughs> but I thought we thought the idea of a crossbow club was really funny because it doesn't take any skill like archery; you just kind of point and click. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few other things we made up. Most of our yearbook shows is, that you don't know much Kent about I...
1: crossbowing, but okay,
2: yeah. Most of the jokes, or most of our yearbook, is Kent and I trying to make each other laugh for like 300 pages.
1: <laughs>
0: uh,
2: there, there, are some, there are some. There are some hidden
0: things and the yearbooks that they didn't find till like years later. And they're like, well <laughs> we can't punish them now, but they like, sure got away with it, you know. There's
2: one my favorite joke is my senior yearbook. Every picture of me. I was pretty active. I was like in student council. I played basketball and nice there's brag. a lot of pictures of me, humble brag. Pretty cool. Uh coming king nominee, no big deal. But um no I'm kidding. But the uh every picture of me taken throughout the yearbook, I pulled my fly down. Just subtly yes. Yeah, uh, was my, very subtle. My zipper is my zipper is undone, so it's just funny to me now. Every time at thirty to go back and look at my yearbook, which I do daily, and uh, <laughs> just see my see my my fly open in every picture.
0: <laughs> every it's, morning when you wake yeah. up, it's sitting there right on your kitchen table.
2: You're just yeah.
0: drinking your mocha and looking and through I your yearbook. To,
2: I listen to Springsteen's Glory Days. And, uh,
0: <laughs> oh gosh, uh, so that's my recommend. It's a great documentary. Yes. about and if yeah. you don't like chess mm-hmm. it's a very good documentary about just kind of the culture and the time and you know it was like russia versus bird. the u.s and the cold war and everything and just dedicating yourself to something and being skilled at something and there's a great line in that when bobby fisher's like the best chess player ever and he's interviewed and they're like bobby you're the best chess player in the history of mankind what are you going to do now when he think he he goes like i'm want to play more chess you know <laughs> it's just awesome that he's just like i'm i'm cool and then but he goes crazy everyone knows he did it does,
1: doesn't end well but yeah
0: side recommend though searching searching for dad. bobby fisher the the movie <laughs> from the 90s with joe Montana is uh very good man. i think it's a I think it's 100% Such a hundred percent a very guy
1: man just how many how many people do you know can lead a team to Super Bowl victories while filming movies? It's it's incredible. Yeah, right? I am exactly. just always I know blown away right? with what a talent he is. He was incredible. unbelievable in that
2: four Super Bowls, Four and oh
1: yeah, four, four Super oh. Bowls does some sweet Skechers commercials. And I mean, it's, it's <laughs> a lot of talent. One guy.
0: So that's my recommend.
1: Save Bobby... Some talent for the rest of us, Joe. Yeah. Right.
0: Bobby Fisher against the world and searching for Bobby <laughs> Fisher, too, is good. Good times. I'm going to make a movie about chess someday. I promise you. It's going to happen. It's a really, really cool like game and everything. And
1: when, when I was enough in, people uh, to, they, they made that,
0: what it was it? Queen of Cotway or something with yeah, Lupita Nyong'o? I, I haven't seen I that yet, great, but I heard yeah. it's it's good. It's about chess. Yeah. So.
1: I played a lot of chess growing up. I was never particularly great at it. But one year at camp, like maybe seventh grade, I'm going to guess, we had all these tournaments for various sporting events and and um board games and things like that and you just sign up for all of them and try to play and just get points for your cabin or whatever and i played uh chess against this kid and i won it there's a i don't can't you may know there's a move that you can do or a strategy where you win the game in three moves do you know what that's called i can't there's some name for it and i, I can't ever remember what it's called but anyway, I pulled this off. I had no idea what I was doing. It was a complete accident. Just this kid was dumb, and I wasn't really. I was just like, oh, I'm gonna move these pieces, and I won the game in three three moves. And then everybody, because it's you know little little church camp like words starts circulating like this guy's really good at uh, at chess. He's just gonna crush everybody. And I'm like, I really don't know what I'm doing. It was a complete <laughs> accident. And got to the next round and was playing this somebody who was probably like the oldest one of the older people at camp and he was like i've heard a lot about you and i'm like i don't know why because i don't know what i'm doing like i'm not good at this at all and he just crushed me and i was like now we're back to normal this is better now i, I was not enjoying this weird moment in the spotlight thanks for bringing me back down to earth.
0: <laughs> well that's a great story that was a good times but uh open invite any mad about movies listeners in dallas you want to play you want to get down on some chess we'll play <laughs> i'll i will love to i will to do I'm,
2: that. I'll, uh, you'll get to beat me, which is good, because I'm terrible. But then, I, I'm good company.
0: Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that sometime.
2: Okay. Up there. What you recommend,
0: Brian?
1: <laughs> I started watching Amazon series Sneaky Pete today, and I uh, liked it a lot. I'm Giovanni Ribeschi, and it's about con artists, and I'm all in on pretty much anything that's a con movie or a TV show, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm only... Two episodes in, but it's a solid, enjoyable two episodes. So I would Does Giovanni
2: de Ribisi play kind
1: of an awkward, weird fella. It's kind of weird. It's it's against his his typical typecast. But oh, uh yeah, yeah, yeah he's it's really stretching his range there. Yeah. So uh, wow. yeah. So, no, it's really good. And character acting about Cottendales in it and uh oh, Cranston and such. Future so, American yeah. treasure, Marco Martin. She is, she's on my list, man. I love her. It's so, not... Yeah, it's really it's really solid. This guy, the, the whole bit is this guy gets out of jail. And he um. can't go back home because uh, because there's people waiting for him uh, to because he owes money like you do, like everybody does coming out of jail. And yeah. so he yeah. he basically steals the identity of his cellmate and goes to the cellmates uh, like family farm where they haven't seen him in 20 years or something and kind of and, and assumes his identity and whatnot. And uh, so it's, it's really I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. it's It's very solid.
0: It's not about Pete from Goof Troop.
1: <laughs> no. Or or Stinky Pete oh. from Toy Story 2. Was,
2: <laughs> what about
1: Pete and Cavilia? Nope, not, about, not that either. Okay. Another bummer. Yeah.
2: Oh, cool. Out.
0: All right. Uh, Sneaky Pete is now on Amazon. Uh, Richard, what's your recommend?
2: There's something we recommended when it started the season, but I just finished it the other day. And that's Master of None Season 2, man. What a great season, Kent. You were right. Incredible. So good. Like Yeah, I think the Thanksgiving episode was my favorite.
0: That was great. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, man, I mean, like, I like all of it. I mean, Thanksgiving I one's that. probably the most progressive episode, you know, just in terms of social yeah. commentary and, like, relevant stuff. But the first date's one I love, too, where he's on yes. Tinder or whatever and going out with just yeah. on 20 different first dates and how they're all different but all yet kind of the same. I mean, he really... He's an artist, like Aziz. Yeah. Uh, I'm blown away by how great it was, you know? And how yeah. I wish and Louis would do more stuff like that and not depress me every 10 seconds with his show. <laughs> Louis' show is not even a comedy anymore, you know? Like, Master yeah. of None is still very funny. And Eric Ware is man. very funny. Arnie, yeah.
2: Yes, Arnie is an all, is creeping up my all-time favorite characters list in terms of lovability. Yes. and uh, the total, I want someone to call me their little bud.
0: Yeah. The, the uh, stuff about in Italy is great too. You know the whole like we're gonna do an episode in Italian, like the language, and then had this Italian girl come to New York, and I just loved it. I mean, it was a flawless season, and it's gonna be hard to talk about
2: her. Well, oh, she's 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 Bay,
0: she's New Bay. Yeah, (laughs) she's hot. She she leapfrogged Allison Brie
2: pretty quick on the Bay (laughs) on the Bay list. Um. Brian, have you seen season one of Master of None?
1: I have, yeah. Loved season one. Dude, season two. On yet. Yeah, Because my wife and I watched together. We've got a weekend coming up here. Where we're not where we're just chilling, and I think we're gonna try and knock that whole season out during that. So I'm excited! You're, I can't wait for you to see it. It is. I love yeah. season one, but I watched. It had the same thing. Like I watched it way after it came out, just because I didn't have time. Uh, we did not have time at the same time to watch the series, and so. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked for season two okay
0: uh that's it from us we're done oh, transformers forever oh
2: yeah
0: yeah uh we're done with that and i'm gonna go look at more pictures of alessandra mastronardi from master <laughs> of none and uh so where can we find you online brian
1: you can find me on the twitter at bgill 12 you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the mad About movies podcast newsletter which probably come out next week richard where can we find you
2: You can find me on all social media at Richard Barden, and you can find me uh, at the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter. Kent, where can I find you? Find me
0: online on Twitter at Kent Garrison, at kentgarrison.com, on Instagram, Snapchat there as well. And find our podcast on iTunes, Mad About Movies podcast. Hit subscribe. Leave us five stars. And uh, I did a little video about the aspect ratios on... Yeah, check Uh, that. Transformers. If you haven't seen that, it's 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 hard to explain. If you don't even know what an aspect ratio is, check that out. I the only way I could actually explain that is by showing it. I felt like, and it. I mean, even in the trailer, the thing changes twenty five times. I mean, they couldn't even crop the freaking trailer. So that tells you how much they care. But uh, I'm done caring, and uh, we'll talk to you next week when we talk. um, Air Force One. We're talking. We also have our 300th episode, which we're talking about our favorite Guilty Pleasure movies. Mm. And Baby Driver. I'm maybe guilty. Right. So hoping Got some good stuff coming. Hoping ba- Baby Driver is the complete opposite of Transformers. Uh, we shall see. Uh, but until then, we'll see you at the same Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Hey,
2: baby, I hear the blues are calling tough salads and scrambled eggs.